Because I think that's the worst part about self-editing is the amount of time that it takes, not necessarily for me personally to just like go through and revise things, but the amount of time it takes for me to get the like mental distance from my own work in order to be able to be even slightly objective with what needs to stay and what needs to go. Hey guys, this is Kelly. And this is Rocky. And this is Not Writing Advice. And Other Bookish Things. By a special guest, Taylor Robinson. Taylor, since I don't know you, I know Rocky knows you, but go ahead and tell us about yourself and what it is that you do in terms of writing. Yeah, so um, I work full-time for my own editing business called Tailored Text, um, where I help authors edit their novels. Um, I am also an author. I've self-published a children's book, and I am in the process of querying one novel and in the process of writing my second novel. Um, So like I said, I moved here from North Carolina in September. And before I was editing, my work background was mostly in professional sports, specifically in like the sponsorship sector. So I had a lot of experience writing things, but mostly like for business purposes and like advertisements, like TV or radio commercials or anything like that. That's that's awesome. Kind of a weird segue. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you, um, with tailored text, you are working with a lot of indie publishers or I'm sorry, indie authors, right? Yeah. So that was kind of what I started. I'm working with my first, um, trad author like next month, which is exciting. I mainly started doing tailored text because I have friends that I met in writing groups that were doing indie publishing and ended up having me like beta read for them. And I like went way too hard on the beta reading. <laughs> and was like, let me read this like three times and send you like pages of notes and everything. And like, they're like, yeah, um, you know, this is like a job, right? Yeah, like you oh. should be getting paid for this. Yeah. And so I was like, well, sure. Like I'll say that it's a business and like, see if anybody else like wants to pay me to do it. But like, you know, I kind of figured it would just be like my friends that I was already beta reading for. Um, but pleasant surprise that other people also wanted somebody to help them with that kind of stuff, especially since I started with this as like my kind of, I guess you could say side hustle. Um, and so I was really focused on keeping like pricing low because I know that a lot of the time with indie publishing people, can't really or don't really want to spend that much money on something that they're like, it's a passion project, but it may not be a source of income yet, like dipping their toe into writing and that kind of thing. It's kind of hard to decide to invest that much in yourself, especially something that's like a creative endeavor because self-doubt, we all know. So I was like trying to do something that was like kind of a one-stop shop for people who wanted help with developmental work, but then also who needed somebody to take a look at like line and copy edits Um, And so that was kind of how my like editing packages were born. And I still try to keep things like as reasonably priced as possible when it comes to like doing this for my full time job. But also, I love working with people who are first time authors. um, And it's so fun to get to like watch people as they grow as writers and like get to know all their characters and everything like that. So I'm like, it's a sweet spot. um, But it's really fun to get to work with people who may not otherwise be, you know, looking to hire somebody to help them with that kind of thing. Because Editing can be expensive <laughs> and self-publishing in general can be very expensive. Yeah, it's it's expensive, but it's also really tedious editing and revising and um, going through all of that. So you definitely have to make sure that you're making it worth your time also. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think like 
I have this terrible habit of just assuming that everybody agrees with me or like that we're all on the same page. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, like how fun it is to like go back through and like nitpick all those things. Or like when you read a book and you're like, this was great, but like, what if this happened? It would have been so much better. And then people are like, no. no. <laughs> I, oh, okay. <laughs> I had a family member ask me, like my brother was like, so why, I don't understand. Like, I know you like reading and stuff because me too, but like, why would you want to do that? Like, what if they're not good? And I'm like, yeah, but then you can make them good. You know, when you, you watch a movie or you read a book and you're like, wow, I really love this, but this just didn't feel like the way it was supposed to go. And he's like, no, some of us just enjoy things. <laughs> That's so funny. Can't relate. <laughs> I know. I have a really bad habit of that now also because I'm, we're all moms and I've seen Frozen so many fucking times. <laughs> I hate that movie. I hate it so much. It is so terrible. And I'm like, I've rewritten it in my head like three different times. I'm like, they could have made this a million times better. Frozen fan fiction. (laughs) No, seriously, though. Yeah, if I had more free time, I'm like, I'll rewrite both of those damn movies and make you guys more money. (laughs) It's like a blessing and a curse. I feel like when you start writing, even if you're not editing, but just like writing your own stuff, then it's so hard to like consume any kind of media without having that thing go on in your brain to where you're like, thinking of it as like a story arc or like how you would do it or like what you think, like what story beats going to happen next. And it's so hard to turn that off. <laughs> it really is. So yeah. I was wondering when you're, when you're editing for your clients, is that a different process than when you edit your own books? Because I feel like self-editing is so much more difficult. Much I can pick up a book and like edit it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this could have been better. This could be here. This could be said like this. And then I read my own stuff and I'm just like, blank. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm like, well, first of all, I'm way nicer to my clients than I am to myself. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it's so difficult to see the forest for the trees when it's something that you've spent that much time, like invested in and writing and staring at. And like you said, it kind of just all becomes a block and you're like, I don't know. I'm it's fine. Like, Yes, but if you read somebody else's and you have fresh eyes, it's like all those little things jump out at you right away. And I'm like, I wish that there could be two of me yeah. so that I could, so like, one of us could it. write it and one of us could edit it. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think that's the worst part about self editing is the amount of time that it takes, not necessarily for me personally to just like go through and revise things, but the amount of time it takes for me to get the like mental distance from my own work in order to be able to be even slightly objective with what needs to stay and what needs to go. And I think it's a lot more fun, I guess, to do with somebody else's work because it's, you know, your emotions aren't as much in it. It doesn't feel as personal. Um, and obviously, like, I'm, I'm nice when I tell people like, hey, I, I really like this, but I think that this could do this or like, this is how this is coming across. Is that what you intended? Versus it's really hard to have those conversations with yourself. yourself yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like when you're working with somebody else, it can evolve into like a fun, like brainstorming conversation. Whereas when you're working with yourself, you're, it kind of just ends up being like, well, this is stupid. And that's not fun. <laughs> like this is the worst thing ever. Toss it. I um, just did an R&R for an agent and it was really hard, not necessarily because the edits requested were really hard. But because I feel like so much of the advice that you see like online from people is, you know, like people don't cut enough, like kill your darlings, like be as harsh as you can, because like it's probably more than you need to have in there, et cetera. And so I like really took a hatchet to it. Um, And then and like I, you know, it was painful, but I was like, well, I guess it's supposed to be, you know, Um, but I ended up like cutting a lot more 
than I needed to. And then I had to go back and like reverse engineer it to where it needed to be because the feedback I got from the agent was that um, they liked the story and they liked the writing, but that they wanted it to get started a little bit faster. Um, that they, you know, wanted to get in the action quicker. They didn't want as many like flashbacks or things like that in the beginning. Could we build character development kind of as things are happening instead of beforehand, which totally understandable. Um, but then I ended up like my, one of my favorite scenes that I wrote was the opening scene for my novel. And it was like the first thing that I wrote creatively in like 10 years or something when I decided that I wanted to start writing again. So like I had a really emotional tie to it, but I was like, well, it's not really action packed. So I guess it needs to go. And like, you know, I'm sad about it, but got to do it. So I cut but it. Did you like delete it, delete it? No, okay. thankfully. No. <laughs> yeah. You got to put, you got to put it in like a folder. Yeah. Way too many versions of my book <laughs> that ended up being like Frankensteining stuff together. But I like, I cut it and I was like, oh man, like it was hard, but I guess that's what needed to happen. And then Everyone who had read it beforehand was like, why did you cut it? You idiot. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, you guys are just biased. Like, thank you. And they're like, literally, no. <laughs> so I had like a couple of new people read it. And then they're like, yeah, like, I like the beginning and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, like, this is what it was before. And they're like, why would you cut that? Oh it was gosh, so much so better. So I'm like, okay. So I put it back and I felt better about it. But it was like, so hard. <laughs> Not the way I thought it would yeah. be. Well, I have a question for you because I've been wondering the same thing. And I think it's so hard. And after you've gone through so many revisions, it's hard to tell. Like, am I screwing this am up? Am I making it better point? or am like, I making I've it worse? Revi- yeah. Am I actually helping yeah. this or not? Because exactly. do you do you find it easier to see that obviously in your clients versus your own work? And how do you determine that? Yeah. Um it's hugely easier to see in somebody else's. And I think it's, it's hard. And I I think it's easier when it's your first time reading something um, and you don't have preconceived notions of the characters or the story or anything in your head. And that's the hardest part. Yeah. That's the hardest part when you're editing your own work, because you, you know, everything or like, hopefully knock on wood. um, (laughs) And like, you've read all of the things that you're cutting. And so you have that character building in the back of your mind already So you don't necessarily need all the little context clues and things to help you know who these characters are in the same way that somebody who's reading it for the first time would. So it's kind of like you go in with that background knowledge and you're like, yeah, I know who they are. Whereas somebody who hasn't, you know, seen all those steps to get to that point reads it and they're like, literally what's going on. So it's, I had to try to do a few different like methods to try to get fresh eyes, like my own fresh eyes on it. Um, I finished my first draft in like June. Um, And so I had kind of taken a few steps back from editing and revising initially. And I started working on something else, which helped. Um, But then it was kind of hard to get back into the mindset of my first novel for revising because my first novel is historical and my second novel is contemporary. So that took a little bit of like mental, yeah, adjusting. But I also found (laughs) that there's like a function in Microsoft Word or there's like apps and stuff that do it where it can read your manuscript aloud to you, um, which was like, that's yeah. awesome. First of all, appalling, but also <laughs> so helpful. <laughs> because like, I think that's the thing is that like when I'm reading something that I know what it's going to say, it kind of is easy for the words to not just, really um, like appear as words. Yeah. Before. You just fill in stuff mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah. And so for it sure. was 
it helped to be able to hear it and to like not look at the screen and just think like, okay, if I was hearing this story, somebody was telling this to me for the first time, like what would I be getting from it? Um, which actually helped a lot. Um, but I do recommend don't get distracted by the versions that can make it play like Snoop Dogg's voice because that's a whole other rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> Wait, don't get distracted as a song? Oh, no, like there's versions of apps where you can have your manuscript read and you can select the voices and one of them is Snoop Dogg. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why? So, I don't know. And yet it didn't stop me from using it. <laughs> I probably would just out of curiosity, like to have Snoop Dogg read your book. <laughs> yeah, I feel like no matter what he read, though, he'd make it sound entertaining. Oh it was a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Not the yeah. right vibe, but a vibe. <laughs> it, it's a vibe. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Snoop Dogg narrating a historical mm-hmm. fiction book. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. I'm like... <laughs> Oh, I'm like, maybe I could just send this back to the agent and be like, surely you can't reject yeah, it. Yeah, right. Like, come on. <laughs> okay, so I'm curious because I know everybody's processes are different, but when you are revising or editing a client's book, how many times would you say you read it or go through um, the draft? So, yeah, typically I'll do twice um, unless there's like extenuating circumstances. Um, but usually people most of the time are hiring me to be their like one-stop shop. Um, obviously if you have the resources, hiring editors for each stage of the process is great to have fresh eyes. But like we said, sometimes people don't want to pay for that or they can't really afford it. So usually I'll go through the first time, um, taking notes and, um, keeping things in mind from like a developmental perspective, like character development, pacing, um, just the story arc in general, And I'll come back to the author with a few pages of notes and ideas, as well as like comments in the doc. Then we'll kind of have a brainstorming session and discuss the notes. They'll go back through the manuscript and make any changes or edits that they feel compelled to make after my feedback. And then I'll go through a second time to make sure that all those things flow together, but to also kind of be like double checking myself on like grammar, line edits, punctuation, anything like that that may have slipped through the first time in hopes of getting everything kind of done together. That's so nice because then it's obvious why it would be so much easier finding if somebody is doing their manuscript harm rather than good because then you have the reference from the first time you read it. That's why like beta readers are amazing, but yeah. then to get them like to ask them to go through it again, it's hard. Is, yeah. I mean, they've already done yeah. so much, you know. And it's yeah, beta, good beta readers are worth their weight in gold, and it's like sometimes it's great to have those like hype people, but some people just aren't really much for critique. Um, So it can be hard to kind of like get those things out of somebody, especially if you're good friends, like really good friends will definitely tell you. But then sometimes if it's like your friend is really, really nice and they're just like, you did a great job. And you're like, okay, but like something in here is definitely not right. I need you to tell me. And they're like, no, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I refuse to beta read for friends because I'm like, I don't, you wrote a book and I think that's fucking amazing. So I'm just going to like hype you up and, and I don't, you know, I don't want to go the other way. Like we're just going to, you know, find some other. Yeah. It can be hard to like editing. It's like two sides of the coin because if it's like a really good friend, then I feel like I'm almost more harsh with them. Mm -hmm. Like, not in a mean way, but I'm like, I know that you can do better than this. Um, and like, I'm sorry to tell you this, but like, I know that you can. Um, please don't be mad. <laughs> but then also, 
if it's like, you know, if they have like a weird typo or something doesn't make sense, it's easy to be like, dude, LOL, what? <laughs> but if it's someone you don't know, then you're like, um, I'm not totally sure what like what your intentions <laughs> don't want to like hurt their feelings. And if they don't know you well, you don't want them to be like, oh my God, like <laughs> how, how unprofessional. <laughs> so what's normally, what's your timeline when you go for, when you start revisions for yourself? How um, long do you, do you give yourself a timeline or do you just, it takes as long as it takes? It kind of takes as long as it takes um, for, so like my, the r and I was just working on was the first time that I've kind of had any sort of external deadline and they didn't even really like give me a deadline, but I was like, if I don't get this back in a reasonable amount of time, they're going to forget about me. Um, is that true? I don't know. My mind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I was like, um, they, they sent it to me in like, I think December 1st. And I was like, okay, my goal is to get this back to you. Um, like I didn't I, like my goal is to get this back to them in February. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this will take like no time because I'm one of those people that once I'm focused on something, I'm like, that's the only thing I'm focused on. I'm, I'm like not great at, you know, balance. <laughs> and so I stopped writing my, my current draft. Um, I like stopped really reading extra stuff besides things I was editing. And I just really buckled down and did it in like a couple of days. But then the hardest part was like not sending it right away. Mm. Because there's so much feedback online about like, if you send revisions right away, then they, you know, the agent will think that you didn't take your time or like that you didn't take it seriously and everything. Um, So I was like, okay. But then also it was a blessing in disguise because I ended up once like my brain was back into that story and on the same wavelength as those characters again. Um, I ended up having so many other ideas that weren't necessarily included in the R&R instructions, but that came to me when I was like back in that zone, but like not all at once, because that would be too easy. So I ended up going back in several times and like adding or changing things. So it was like, I want to say when I started doing the R&R, my manuscript was like 97,000 words and I ended at 94,000, but it was like, I didn't just cut three. It was like you cut. I cut like five and added. I cut two. like five or six, and then I add. Yeah. yeah, and it was like a multi-step process. But I ended up with like Frankensteining like probably four different versions of my revised manuscript together <laughs> um, over the course of like the two months. Uh, so like I would have sent it right when I finished it. It would have been better, but like it wouldn't have been what it could have yeah. been if I waited to give myself a little bit of distance and like let the fo- the thoughts kind of flow. I think that's the hardest thing with creativity is that you can't really put a schedule on it. Like you might, if you're in the zone, be able to revise something in a day, but if it's not there, then it's not there. And it might take you a few months Mm -hmm. and you know, it's just, it's hard to force it. And I think as soon as you tell yourself that you have a specific timeline, that's when all the ideas are like, bye. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, you needed me right now. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. I keep like putting on Instagram too, like, okay, I'm going to start querying in three weeks. Okay, now in two Yeah, weeks, your deadline has like, changed. Just get your shit together and like do the thing because you've already told people you're going to do it, but it just keeps, yeah. just keeps But going. you really – it really is one of those things that you can't push because, um, you know, like like you were saying, Taylor, I, I also recently did an mm-hmm. R&R and um, I finished it in, I think it was like three weeks. And I went from 98,000 words to 89,000 words. And yeah. And it was the same thing where I was like adding and taking away. So like the whole thing, like the whole time it was like bumping up and down, but I finished it within three weeks. And, um, I'm just really good, like under pressure. I'm really good with the timeline. Um, so I, but I held on to it for another two weeks 
because I was like, I can't send this revision to her three weeks after she asked for it. She's going to think I didn't do anything. She's going to think I'm crazy. Um, so I, <laughs> I was like, I just held on to it for two weeks, literally sat there for two weeks and I had done everything I needed to do. So I didn't even go back into the manuscript. Um, also this is like my fifth revision. So, but I finally sent it two weeks later and it's done. It's sent like it was as good as it's going to get. Like if it doesn't, you know, get anything from here, then I did all I could. Right. For listeners and who might not know what an R&R is, if you guys oh. want to like just explain it a little bit. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, it's so a, whichever one of you Taylor, wants to do it. Yeah. yeah. Taylor, go for it. <laughs> I'm like, allow me to interject on your podcast. Um, <laughs> no, you're pleased. You're our, you're our special guest. <laughs> That's why you're here. Um, an R&R is a revise and resubmit, um, usually requested by literary agents or sometimes editors. Um, basically, in our case, or I'm assuming in my case anyway, an agent read um, part of my manuscript, um, liked it, but wasn't 100% comfortable with offering representation with where the story was. And they had specific ideas that they would like to see in order to feel like they were at that point. And they wanted to see if I had the skills to be able to revise the manuscript to get to the vision that they had and to make sure that our visions kind of lined up before they decide if they want to offer rep. Yeah. I like that you said that though. Like if we have the skills to get the manuscripts to the point that they see in their head, because a lot of the times, and this is um, a big misconception that I had when I started querying also is, you know, you think that once you get an agent, they're going to help you go through your manuscript and they probably do um, to a certain extent Mm -hmm. um, to get it ready for submission. But really they want your manuscript to be as ready as possible because they want to get that right into submissions into editors. So, when you're when you're revising your or when you're writing a manuscript and then revising it, keeping that in mind, just like getting it to that like tip top shape yourself first. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's going to be different for every agent and what they have a vision for your book. And the idea is to find an agent that aligns with you. Um, right. But getting that to submission is their priority, so that should be like our mindset and our priority also. Which I had no idea when I started querying. Yeah, it's one of those weird things, too. And that, like, I know that, you know, the money side of stuff, like, is maybe not, like, super cool for agents to necessarily talk Mm -hmm. about. But, like, when you think about it, they're making no money until your book, your manuscript sells to a publishing house. Um, So, like, it, you know, they're doing free labor up until that point. So, like, if they offer you an R&R, like, at first it might be like, oh, they didn't like it. But then it's like, no, they did, you know. They did, and they think it's promising. And the idea that somebody besides you has enough excitement and ideas about your story to be able to like offer you that constructive feedback, and like they have a vision of it in their head, is really promising. Yeah. Um, but you know, if they didn't think that there was really potential there, then they wouldn't waste their time giving you that feedback because, in the end, like I said, it's free labor, which no one likes. Right. Sorry, I was going to say we're trying to keep our episodes like thirty minutes and under, so we're getting. We're getting up there. I know we talked for like 15 minutes before. Yeah. So I talk a lot. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask a question um, to kind of round it out. So if you could give one piece of it or maybe like two pieces of advice to somebody who is in the middle of their own revisions, what do you think like your biggest mm-hmm. tip would be? Um, I think that this is like an unpopular thing to say, but it's also a classic for a reason. You need to give yourself time and space away from the story mm-hmm. because – It's easy to put your blinders on when you spend that much time back to back to back revising. Um, Try not to rush yourself. I know it's 
easy to say that and hard to do. Um, but like, just to put into perspective, like I am an editor. I would not, I did not edit my own. I was not the only person to edit my own manuscript, but I'm on like draft nine <laughs> and I still got feedback for an R and R from an agent. So even if you think you are the most critical person and you're excellent at feedback for other people, you still need the time and the space. Um, and like I said, a lot of those ideas that came in my last revision um, came like six months after I started to do my initial revising because sometimes your brain just needs a little bit of space. So I would say time and space is the best is the best medicine for an R&R or any kind of revision or editing in general. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I love that. Yeah, definitely. It's like a distance makes the heart grow fonder type of thing. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So... We want to try something with all of our guests where we ask you like just a lightning round of questions just for oh, fun. Okay. Um, <laughs> they're nothing like nothing crazy profound. hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but before we do that, if you want to tell our listeners where they can find you on social media. Oh, yes. Um, I am on Instagram at tay.r.rob. And um, my website for editing is www.tailoredtext.com. I love that. Taylor the text. It's so cute. <laughs> love a good pun. All right, Rocky, do you want to go ahead and ask her the questions uh, then? Nope, because I don't, I don't have them pulled up. <laughs> okay, I can do it. I have them. <laughs> okay. Wait. Well, shit. I have to find okay, it. Where the hell do we go? We're great. We're professional. Yes, we know what we're doing. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. Yes. <laughs> So gross. Celebrity crush. Oh, why is that so hard? Mm. Maybe we should have given you that one before you got on. To I know. <laughs> this is this is like uh, life defining right here. Paul Rudd. Ooh. Okay. Solid. Uh, favorite TV show or movie right now? The Great is. My oh my god, that show was so good. Wait, what is? I don't even know. Okay, wait, hold on. on. Let's keep going and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, hobby other than reading or writing. Running. Ew. <laughs> Sorry. I don't understand that one. <laughs> I'm only running if there's zombies Sorry, chasing this me. This is not to ju- this is not to judge you. <laughs> Understandable. Love hate relationship. <laughs> Who is your auto buy author? Uh, Kirsten White. Oh yes, love her. I don't know that one. Watch that, yeah. that one too. Okay, Ready. take notes, um, Kelly. <laughs> any? Yeah, I know. Are you a plotter, pantser, or planter? Planter. Okay. Nice. Definitely. Okay. And any books, book or books that you want to recommend? Oh, um, I guess I'll just go with Kirsten White and say The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein is probably my favorite book that I've read in the last several years. Ooh, I haven't read that one yet. Mm. All right. The Frankenstein retelling, if you couldn't tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>